Awesome. So here we are, Faith in the Fast Life. Thank you for all the listeners who are out there that are tuning in once again today for a special episode uh, coming out right before Valentine's Day, which is, I think, my wife's favorite holiday. My um, favorite. Her favorite holiday. I have my beautiful wife, Alexis, with me today, and we are going to just talk love and marriage and just how crazy, what, what God can do through craziness, right? Um, many of you have listened to episode one, which is my story, which I, if you've, if you've heard it on that or you've heard it on the Foolishness podcast with Brian Sumner, you know, I talk about this amazing woman who came into my life that I believe was the angel sent by the Lord to save my life. Here she is with me. So without further ado, my beautiful wife, Alexis, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for always being with me. Of course. So we guys, I mean, as, as we go into this, uh, you know, not not knowing what to expect as usual. Like we are an unscripted podcast. We didn't write down notes. We didn't do anything. We just, we're just here to talk. So as we go back in time to the story, you know, we met in 2015 um, I was fully amidst uh, cocaine addiction at the time. Um, we went on a date. Our first date was the drive-in movies. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what movie was playing? So it's that funny one. <laughs> I think it was like Spy or something. Spy? I Spy or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember either. We took my truck, everybody. So we took the truck. We sat in the back of the truck. We put some uh, pillows and blankets back there, and we didn't watch any of the movie uh, Wait, no, let's start with like, okay, so he, we, Facebook, right? You found me on Facebook. Yep. I was actually dating somebody at the time, um, but then ended up going through a breakthrough or breakthrough. A breakthrough. Well, <laughs> it might've been a breakthrough. Like if you really think about it, breakup. that might've been a breakthrough. <laughs> um, but going through a breakup, uh, and I remember you just giving me time. Like I hadn't heard from you at all. Um, and then you started to pursue me. You know, gave me so, a few weeks to kind of like get through that, which I mean, it wasn't like super <laughs> devastating, but I mean, you were a gentleman about it. Um, yeah. Gave me my space and um, you asked me out on a date and we did. I remember you pulled up and I was like super nervous because let's all face it, like Facebook has some creepers <laughs> out there. <laughs> so you never know what you're getting yourself into. So I come outside, right? My garage. And I come down the driveway, and I instantly reached to shake your hand. Yeah, she went to shake my hand, everybody, and I, I actually gave her a hug. I said, no, we'll, we'll hug this one out. <laughs> but she's not telling you that I, I Facebook stalked her for a period of time, I think. Um, I was like, there was she was a suggested friend, and I was like, dang, she's good looking. You know what's weird about that? that. Is like, I don't add people I don't know. Mm. I'd, like even one. then, isn't that weird? I just realized that like, I don't, I didn't add people that I didn't know or that, especially guys, you know, as a, as a girl, sometimes there are people that pry on there and there's, you know, people just oh, add yeah. you because of the way that you look. And I mean, clearly that's why you were adding me, but there, something well, I mean, different there's some truth happened. to that. But I mean, at the same time, like, yeah, like you're a beautiful girl. I'm like, man, okay. She's a suggested friend. I'm going to add her, but something bigger if you will, as as this story unfolds, guys, like you'll start to see God working through it. Um, you know, you chose to add me, which like you said, you don't normally do. Um, she was coming out of a relationship or was in a relationship and I was like, all right, cool. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't keep trying to pry like the guys out there, the girls out there that's listening to this, like 
wasn't going to keep, keep trying to pry if she's in a relationship. It's not my job to break that up or anything else, right? Especially now. And at the time, you guys have to remember that we, we weren't following Christ at all. I didn't even, I had no relationship. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had none of that. And, um, and I didn't even, well, I, I mean, I had that uh, foundation, but I think at that time, like I was drinking and partying and, you know, dating all the wrong guys, like, you know, finding myself. And this was just a, a, a relationship, unfortunately, that, you know, was out of sin and was out of the party life and party style. Um, and so that's where I was. Yeah, but I left that alone, right? And as Christian men now, we know that, you know, for any single men out there that are listening at this point in time, like, you need to look at every girl, every woman out there and recognize that she is a child of God. Mm. And when you think about that and you look at her, you know, you want to honor God, so you need to honor her. And vice versa for girls, you know, finding that that good godly man. But I don't think I knew what to look for because I didn't have that basis. You know, so I was finding myself in all the wrong situations at that point. Right. And so, once again, God working through this, I kind of gave you your space. Mm-hmm. Time goes by. Um, you end up going through a breakup. Still gave you some time. And then at that point, we, uh, you know, I asked you out on a date. Right. We got talking a little bit on Facebook. I tried to shake your hand. Tried to shake my hand. I like remember, though, we got in your truck, and you asked me to sit in the middle part of the truck, and you opened the door for me. Guys don't do that anymore. They don't do that. And I had never, okay, super weird. I felt uncomfortable by the fact that he was opening the door for me. I was like, this is awkward. Oh, is Chivalry he one of those type? not dead. I literally, in my mind, was like, oh, he's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's wrong with that? Like, what yes. was in my head that made me think that there was something? W- and to this day, my husband opens my door for me. Yeah. And it's never died. That's something that I love I think about the only him. time I don't do it is, like, if I'm putting our son in the car. Well, yeah, life yeah. gets crazy. But when it's you and I on a date, like, you open that door and you, yeah. you're very gentleman-like. And I hope that our son can. So I always say, like, I was when we talk about my story and stuff, I always like to joke and say that, you know, I. I was living a Christ-like life-ish, if you will. I was very giving, very gentleman-like, even though I was stuck amidst that addiction, right? So as we move forward, we go on that first date. We didn't really watch the movie because we just talked the whole time, right? Like, you know, Wait, everybody's you missed another part. I did? Okay, so we end up at the wine bar, which is a place here in Pueblo. <laughs> um, they have appetizers, whatnot. We go in there, and my mother and her husband's in there. So you met my parents, on the first date and it was super awkward <laughs> yeah it was a little awkward but i see i was just having so much fun and excited to be out with you didn't know but this is guys this is as we go into this even further like i mean there it is again like we went to a wine bar right i was a full-blown cocaine addict alexis was drinking at the time you know we went to the wine bar she had a drink i Probably drank a club soda or a non-alcoholic beer because I wasn't drinking anymore. I hadn't drank in a long time. Met your parents. Um, it was awkward for you. It wasn't that big of a deal for me. Uh, we went on to the movie theater or to the drive-in movie. Mm-hmm. Did I miss anything else? No, sorry. It's <laughs> just like all these little memories are probably back in my head. Right? And so... We go to this movie. We didn't make out the whole time. That's why we didn't see the movie. We literally talked the whole time. And I can't remember ever having anything like that. Mm-mm, and uh, we just talked and talked and talked. And I, as we left that movie, 
that night. I was just like, wow. And then I remember pulling out of the drive-in and I played a song. I think it was, a, I think it was an iration song. Yeah. yeah. And you were jamming out and I was just like, wow, like this is awesome. Like this is so cool. And so. <laughs> jamming out. I picture me like whipping my. <laughs> you were, I mean, pretty much like that's, that's what I picture it in my head, but you dance way better than that. So, but we leave there and, uh, you know, I, I take you back home, um, leave the night. We, we go on some more dates from there. We start dating and things aren't perfect by any means. Um, but I think we, I don't know if you knew, but I knew that I loved you. I knew that I was, there was something special. Uh, but listeners, what she didn't know and I didn't, I did know was that the dark little secret that I had. So there would be times that um, we would have plans and I would, you know, cancel the plans. I had something come up. I couldn't come do this. I couldn't do that. And, and you thought that I was cheating on you. Right. I mean, so tell tell us more about that. Like, what's that so like? It was weird. Okay, so I, of course, you know, had interest, but then it felt as though you couldn't wait to. Okay, so we would we would go somewhere, and it felt like you were eager to get me home. And I'm like, this is weird because, like, one moment it, it felt like you were just so happy to be with me, but then in the next moment you couldn't wait to get rid of me. And I was like, there's something like honestly, I thought it was girls. I'm like, all right, this dude's going to call somebody else or. <laughs> so we broke up yeah. because I just felt like there was, I honestly thought that, you know, you were seeing other girls and. Yeah. And so, so we, we, there was something there. We had been dating for a couple months, mm-hmm. or something like that. And it but had grown. It had grown. And I think like, because it was growing, I was afraid of what I was starting to feel. And I knew that there was a secret. I mean, I'm not an idiot. You know, like I knew that there was something. And so I was also fearful of completely letting you in. So I was very um, guarded. And so, yeah, I just completely. And I think, you know, we split. We had. I, I was like, I, I can't do this. And, and mind you, I had a two-year-old at the time, you know. So I think I was kind of looking for something more serious. But it just felt like there was, like you weren't fully giving me yourself. You're going too far back because she was four. Oh, four. <laughs> <laughs> Time flies, right? But, yeah, so, I mean, there was that dark secret inside me, right? So it felt like a mistress. It felt like cheating. So we broke up for a period of time. I kind of wooed you back. And then, <laughs> you know. Lots of flowers. Lots of flowers. Lots of love. Showing that I really, because I truly did love you and care about you. But I was I was stuck in addiction. and. Addiction's been on our heart a lot lately here, guys. Like a lot of stuff that God's revealing regarding this. Obviously, I have overcome with the help of Jesus. Uh, we still have some family members that are struggling out there, one who's you know, not doing great right now. And it just really opened up the door. So I want to take a, a moment to talk about that. We've had a lot of addicts who have overcome on this, but the perception of addiction by our world is so crazy. And I think that even my wife up until recently looked at, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, looked at looked at addicts and just went, I don't get it. Why can't they quit? And that's because once I told Alexis, once I told her that that dark little secret was an addiction, she stuck by my side, and I didn't think that would happen. But she said, what's next? I think that that's when you said you knew you loved me. I knew I loved you when you told me you had an addiction. Yeah. Because it was, 
the way that it affected me kind of shocked me because I was so devastated by it. I remember thinking like, why am I so devastated by this? Right. If I'm dating, it's like, oh, well, that's a lot of issues. That's a lot of baggage. Like, you know, let me let me move on or, you know, maybe this isn't for me. But the way that it impacted my heart and the way that I felt devastated by it was a true realization that, wow, I'm really have strong feelings for him and I want him to do better. And I think because I could truly see your heart and who you really who you are now, I could see that in you and that was the person that I loved yeah and I think that's what really truly brought to light how I felt about you so I I share that with you and I I thought she'd be gone but at the same time now that you say that I think about that I'm like man like in any relationship I had before like I wasn't coming out and being like hey by the way I'm an addict like I didn't care right Mm -hmm. but I cared enough about you that it that I wanted you to know that that help and so when you stood next to me and you said what's next you know about a month later I went to treatment and we never looked back like we, we never turned back from that and I went away for two weeks and then I came home and I did outpatient for two weeks and and it was a, a little bit bumpy at first I mean there was a lot of things we had to come through and and, and different things and, and mind you still living in sin but with that I think that we go back to the view of, of how addicts are looked at in today's world and I think even you looked at that as, and maybe the experience with me made you kind of look at that as like, I don't get it. Why can't they just quit? Like, why don't they want to quit like I did? Because I, I wanted I it. I wanted to be better. I had somebody very close to me that was that f- still fighting addiction. Um, and I've seen the pain that it's, it's, it's brought upon others, you know, and also having met you and then my feelings for you growing and then having you tell me about your addiction and the way that it devastated me, I was frustrated by addiction. Mm-hmm. I'm fr- I was frustrated by the way that it affected everybody around him. And to me, like, I felt like it was a little bit selfish because I didn't understand it. Right. You know, I think addiction is f- a struggle for a lot of people. I don't know if it was necessarily a struggle for me. I mean, I've, I've experimented, I've done my stuff, but I, I left it behind me. And right. so I couldn't understand why. And guys, the, the way this comes into the story and why I'm bringing this up is because I, I think that it's important. I want people to know, and, I, and I, more importantly, I want everybody to share this because um, the world needs to know that, you know, everything that's happened with COVID, everything, all this stuff going on is just the, the devil dividing us. And uh, addiction and alcoholism has been one of his tools for a very long time. Um, I believe... And I think most would agree that behind every addict or alcoholic is Satan. And I picture it as he is like the puppet master, right? Like he's literally Mm -hmm. has these strings of addiction on these people on God's children. And yes, listeners, yes, those addicts, they choose to do a drug the first time, but they don't choose to become addicted to it. I didn't choose to be addicted to cocaine. I didn't choose to become an alcoholic I was running for something. Once Satan knew he had me in that realm, he was able to really get a hold of me. Um, but I knew I had had brief moments of sobriety, and that's why I think you were sent to save me. I had um, never understood that concept until recently. And even having you know, my husband who's, who's battled with addiction, um, I've become more sensitive to that and understanding more. Um, even when Nick came out of treatment, there was times where I was like, where were you, you know, completely like, oh, he's using again, 
And and I just didn't understand it. And I remember you coming into the bedroom and I had questioned you. You were literally cleaning my car, which was a filthy mess two hours later. Um, I, ma- I made a quick <laughs> trip to the car wash to go clean this car. And like clean. two and a half hours later, like I had three boxes of stuff coming out of the trunk. But thankfully, right, that was a lesson because you had come home two hours later. I was upset. I thought that you were out using drugs again. Yeah. I didn't believe you. And I remember seeing this look on your face and you saying, literally, you questioning me makes me feel like, what is the point? What is the point of holding my sobriety, right? Not that you wanted to go use again, but it was almost like you're making me question myself. And I remember that feeling in my stomach and, and, and God moments right before you're, you're close to God. You look back now and you're like, oh, that was a God moment. That was a God moment for me because I felt this voice come over me of like, quit questioning him. Give him the accountability. Give him what he deserves for the work that he's put in and completely trust him, you know. And it was at that point that I told him, you know, I will never ask again. And I don't think I ever asked you again. You, you never did. You really never did. And and that's one of those things, like, you, as you don't understand it, you don't understand what's going on. And uh, for me, like, I wanted it. And, and you were kind of the, the catalyst, if you will, that God sent to really pull me out of that. And, you know, backtracking a little bit, you know, to once I told you that I had the addiction, um, you kind of fell back to your roots of, of being raised in youth groups and different stuff and, begin to pray over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is probably where God really started working in our lives. Mm-hmm. And this is 2015, guys, and this is, uh, you know, I've been sober for, what, six and a half years or something at this point, and, and we never looked back. But addiction is just looked at completely wrong nowadays. And we think that, oh, addicts are these crazy sinners. And and I, I'm sure, yes, I mean, there's people out there. And to remember, guys, like I'm for, for those of you watching on YouTube, I'm wearing – the, the sinner shirt, right? And on the back it says forgiven. And thanks to Ian at CXXII Apparel for hooking that up on a little plug. If anybody is listening, Fast Life 15 for 15% off with Ian. Um, but an amazing shirt that's so true, right? And that it's one of those things to realize that we're all sinners, every one of us. And there's nobody that's better than the next person. So when we're looking at addicts, I'm sure there's some out there that are terrible, terrible people and are doing really, really bad things, but they're still children of God. And there's other ones out there that got caught up in this mess and Satan is controlling them and using them and dividing. As a puppeteer, he's dividing, right? He's dividing their family. He's dividing their parents. Um, Friends are lost, all these different things. And and Satan wasn't able able to overcome me because because I believe God sent you. So we come through this. We'll move out of the addiction topic. I just felt like that was necessary. I want to try to change people's view of what that looks like and and just pray for those people that are trapped uh, because it's a big problem right now. And um, I come out of treatment, and we move in together. We're completely living in sin according to the ways things are supposed to do. I mean, that kind of paints an awful picture. Yes, we were not married we came, it was two people coming together, blending our children together. Um, kind of crazy. Little duplex. Little duplex with two girls, one that was 10, one that was four. I mean, the four-year-old was 
so excited to share her room. Right. But the 10-year-old's kind of like... Yeah, the, this is tough. You know, she'd always had her own room. So yeah. it, was a, it was a different thing, but it was also a necessary move. We got a cat. We got a cat that didn't last very long. We adopted a long. cat yeah. that was hanging out outside. We literally had a cat. And the cat had ear mites. Yeah. And we had to put... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. that's we. I don't think we'll ever have a cat again. Um but our dog Remy's chilling right here at our feet as we do this oh, podcast. Okay. He's a good boy. But yeah, so I mean, we we go in. I say living in sin, but I mean it, it wasn't according to the way that right. the Bible says we should be doing things. And that's what the crazy part of this is: how God still is able to work through so many things. So whatever situation you're in right now in your life, or whatever you're going through, um, if you allow God to work in it, He will. And we didn't even know He was working at that point. So we finished 2015, obviously. I'm coming out of treatment, but, but I'm like a new baby. Do you see how like that was like our start? Like our found like I could look back now and I see God just kind of cleaning it out. He was cleaning it out. He would, you know, the addiction, my lifestyle had changed. We had moved into this duplex. We were completely um starting fresh. We, we were we were at a a new like beginning and I always say Nick was like Bambi. Like when when he came out of treatment, it was like him trying to get his legs from under him like learning right and he almost had this like brightness about him in his eyes of like new yeah just this new look this excitement almost afraid like fragile like state and this is where yeah. we begin well and i had this overwhelming this overwhelming feeling that if i wanted to have success in this a lot of things had to change and we were even looking at buying a home in this uh you know, we, we were living in this duplex and, you know, it was very small. We started looking at homes shortly after, and we were even looking at one that was, you know, another 30 miles away just to fully pull us away to, to set. And, and something spoke to you and, and said, nope, that's too far away. We ended up buying this beautiful little house that, it, that the second both of us walked in, we went, this is it. This is perfect. It was so cute. It was like this little country, like bright yellow. Like so yellow, it hurts your eyes. <laughs> but it was so cute. Like it was, it had a big yard. Like I, like not even a yard, like just acres, right? Yeah. Of just, I don't know. It just it was felt an like old home. house. It wasn't anything super fancy. No, it just fit. Like I something was it. right about it. So once again, it was warm. Something about that felt right, and it was home, and it's really where we started our foundation, right? Mm -hmm. So from there, this is now 2016. You know. We knew we needed fresh. We knew we needed different. So we got away from those old lifestyles. We got away from some of those people, which some of them may have really been good friends. And, and I hope that some of them are listening right mm -hmm. now. Um, you know, but we had to change for us. Yeah. We needed to get away from those old things that could suck us back into the patterns of life that we were doing before. And and we did that. And we broke the pattern. We, we broke the, the normalcy the in our yeah. worldly life. Yeah. And, and even though in 2016, we didn't really start to get close to God, but something told you, Hey, we should start trying church. And I remember you saying that. And we tried a few different churches in 2016, especially towards the end of 2016. So this is like a year after I've been out of treatment. You know, my wife called me Bambi, which is so true. Like I had different outlook on things. I think I wanted you to maintain that. I do. And I think that's what put me in and in, in having my foundation or you know, just knowing church as a child, like I knew that that's where you could almost keep that. And now I see that that was childlike faith, right? Yeah. Then it was Bambi, you were fresh, you were new, but 
I feel like new believers and just that, that like childlike faith. I knew that in order to keep that, like we needed to plug in. Yeah. Yep. And, and I, I didn't hesitate at all. I said, yeah, let's go. And, and we tried some different things and nothing. I mean, we were through the summer, definitely weren't like out there going to church every weekend. We were, we were at the lake every weekend, mm-hmm. but um, as fall came, we started to try more and try more. And um, at the end of 2016, in October, we went to a trip to Vegas. Um, actually, in September, we were in Florida. And I think she thought I was going to ask her to marry me in Florida, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even. <laughs> and uh, I was so mad. She was mad. She was mad at me. But we won't go into details. We won't go to, we're going to save that for another story. <laughs> but we went to October with some good friends of ours. And uh, we went to October. We went to Las Vegas in October with some good friends of ours. And uh, Daniel and I snuck off and you were questioning. And Tiffany knew what was going on. You had no idea. She's <laughs> trying to keep you occupied. And the next thing you know, we're at the top of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, it was getting the, weird. It was getting a little weird. Is you were you were curious again? You were you so were everybody okay, okay. We're taking the elevator up, and everybody starts kind of acting weird. And I'm like, <laughs> Are they afraid of heights? Like, what's happening? And just a look on everybody's face, and they were super quiet. And I was like, God, are we going? Are we going skydiving? Like, what? she wasn't admitting that she was getting super nervous as well. I so was. she I'm was she didn't like the heights. We got to the top, and I asked her to marry me, <laughs> and she graciously said yes. I did not. I had a pirate <laughs> mouth and I completely ruined our video, which ruined anything. I mean, it was genuine at the time, but man, how potty mouth I had it was so ugly. But so this is like, once again, as you guys are listening to this, um, the transformation, I want to paint the picture of transformation in us and yeah. what God really was able to do. Like, you know, we had started checking out church, but we weren't you know, we might have been fans of Jesus at that point. We definitely weren't followers. And, uh, you know, I was still cussing on a regular basis. And, and that's still one of my vices. Once in a while, like you get caught in the world. You are you know, I'm in the locker room with the boys or, you know, at work with the guys. And, and uh, it happened. <laughs> and I asked for forgiveness. I, like I, I said, <laughs> I'm still a sinner, right? But, but at this point in our lives, in 2016, this is pretty normal behavior. And um, still part of the world, but knowing that there's something greater and feeling almost like a pull towards a different direction and almost feeling awkward. Can you say that? Like, do you agree that like we were like trying to find our place, but it wasn't in the old life anymore and we didn't know what was to come. So we were like in this in between that was super kind of awkward, right? I think we had a lot more of a conscious at this point, right? Like certain things like drinking too much. Like you you would still have a couple of beers at that point in time, but it wasn't like you got drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, our friends drank, you know, but you're kind of like, is this, are we here? Or are we there? But anyway, I, I, I ask her and she drops a few F-bombs and says, you're kidding me. And He calls me F-bomb mom. Yep, she's the F-bomb, F-bomb mom when she gets angry, but. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we're still sinners, guys. We're still sinners, and God, God loves us. It's um, rare, and I don't walk around like that. So. No, no. Well, we've come a long way, but anyway, it was a beautiful moment. Um, for what it was, if you see it for what it was, is beautiful. And so, asked her to marry me in sixteen. Um, we uh, 
you know, moving to 2017, slowly checking churches. Um, at one point in time around then, um, you know, early 17, go back to my story, you know, we, we, we found a home church, found a pastor that I didn't fall asleep with, uh, really, really got the word dropped on us. Some, some, our eyes were opened. We found a home place. I think there's a church for everybody. I think there's a a preaching style. I think there's, um, a way of connecting. Um, I feel like God just really puts you in different circumstances, different situations. So not that like churches that we went to were bad by any means. I think it just, the preaching style for you needs to be like authority in your face. Like, and, and I feel like our pastor really brought it. I mean, to the point where like, you feel like that message is for you, yeah. you know, and he had you just like, sir, yes, sir. Like uh, I was on the edge <laughs> of my seat for sure. And, and so we found home like that was, that was where it, oddly enough, it's a church that you spent a lot of time at as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have us back there. Maybe that's a God thing. Maybe he brought us back there for a reason. You know, we start to get to know God. Um, our wedding was planned for October 7th of 17. 10717, I believe, is what it was planned for. You're better at this yeah. than I am. I believe it was 10717 was the plan. And uh I got saved I want to say around March or April. I don't remember baptized, these. Baptized, right? Well, baptized came shortly after that, but I got saved. I oh, gave okay. my heart to the Lord. Amen. And uh we found out we were pregnant. But before that, here's another one of the little miracles and all of that. Um, we had joked because we had two girls. We had Riley and Ava, uh, mine and hers, ours. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we joked and said, if we could guarantee we'd have a little boy, we would have one, but we can't guarantee (laughs) that. So I decided, we decided that I would get the surgery to be fixed so that we couldn't have any kids. Mm -hmm. And, um, shortly after I was saved, we found out that we were pregnant with Mason. Okay, so, pause. Pause. Because I feel like we always do that. We we tell that part, and I feel like everybody in the room looks at Alexis and is like, <laughs> so I want <laughs> I had somebody ask me that, and they're like, so you had, he had, and I was like, yes, yes. So the thing is, is it wasn't successful, and it's very common, and we had actually started asking questions after I found out that I was pregnant, that it happens a lot, which I don't know how. I still like to call it a miracle because it, it's a, of course the fact that it's a boy and everything else is just amazing yes. to me. The fact that it didn't work, and I mean, here's the thing: like that doctor, like we called, and you know, you have to be tested after. Oh no, you're you're good, you're good. We just want to <laughs> we want you to test one more time. And I'm like, well, what what does that mean exactly? Right. And she's like, oh, I mean, the chances are so slim. Yeah, but let's just test you one more time. Well, we get tested. Was it two weeks later? It had to have been like a short span time later that I found out that I was pregnant. Yeah, very all of that kind of kind of a blur in the time frame. But um, anyway, we find out we're pregnant. So obviously we weren't married. We were having uh, sex out of wedlock, mm-hmm. uh, which the Bible definitely frowns on that. And I will use this moment mm-hmm. for any of our younger listeners and for once again people to share like just something that God really spoke to me here recently um, about premarital sex and something that I wish I would have known as a teenager, um, I already mentioned that looking at every woman like a, a, a daughter of God, mm-hmm. and if you want to honor God, you need to honor that woman. 
Um, but premarital sex, um, it just opens up the door for Satan to come in and just ruin you with everything. You know, guilt, uh, shame for, for the women, I'm sure, and I'll let you elaborate on that in a second. Um, but, you know, doubt, self-doubt. You know, as as a teenage boy, you know, I got into this world of was I good enough? Was I big enough? Was I satisfying enough? You know, all of these questions that fill your head, and it's a it's a hundred percent from the enemy. You know, as as a as a girl, how did how did what did what was it that you felt that, that the so enemy put on you? I actually saw a post the other day. I don't know word for word, but it had just talked about how for a woman we are made for that one person. And when we're sleeping with other people, we're giving ourselves to other people, how emotional we are. We're giving them a piece of us. So in long term of, of, of sleeping with other people and just, you know, I hear about the one night stands or, you know, um, it's not just a one night stand. And that person walks away with a piece of you forever and that emotion, that scarring is stuck with you for a long time. And I'm, I'm talking for experience. I'm not sitting up on my pulpit at all um, of knowing that there is a sort of emotional attachment to um, the other sex, you know. And, and when you give yourself to somebody, and I knew it. And I knew I, that feeling of just being completely used and empty and, and just questioning um yourself and 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 feeling dirty and and a lot of that plays out now I feel like sometimes in my marriage of of those times and I know that I'm new creation in Christ but if you can stop it now before ever entering into that with somebody just know that that's something that you're going to carry with with yourself for a long time those are those are not those feelings that you get are from God and it and God created sex he created it to be incredible but he created it to be a blood covenant between a man and a woman and you can go and you say that and i i knew that as a kid i mean everybody it's the same thing but i i mean for those who are like oh yeah i know i've heard that plenty of times like and you don't get it like you don't but it's like you come into your spiritual maturity you come into your adult age you come into a marriage with somebody that you truly love and you're like man like if i didn't have this trauma or Man, like I, I, there's still things now that I need to to work on to truly heal from those times, those things that I did of my past, so my marriage can be better. Right, and that's what, and I guess that's where I'm going with that. It's just thinking about the fact of you know, and and certain listeners are going to say, oh yeah, like I, I know what they mean, like I, I get that, I know what Alexis says, or yeah, Nick, I felt that same thing too. And for that younger generation, you know, maybe you share this with them so that they don't have to make that same mistake. Like saving yourself and having the discipline and the heart for God to save yourself for marriage. I promise it's this beautiful, amazing thing. So I'm going to jump off of that a little bit and go into the fact that, you know, okay, we find out that we are pregnant with Mason. That wasn't supposed to happen. The, it didn't work. Mason's our little miracle boy. <laughs> uh, we find out later that it's a boy, you know, hallelujah. The wedding that was planned for 10-7 of 17 is now put on hold because Allie would have been, quick math, six or seven months pregnant at this <laughs> point. So yeah. she didn't really want to have a 
and I don't, I don't blame you at all. So we decided to postpone the marriage. Now, this all seems so incredibly backwards according to what God wants us to do, right? He wants us to find, you know, he wants to bring that. One more quick episode on this. Guys especially, boys, girls, all of it. If you go pursue God with all of your heart, if you chase after God instead of chasing after boys or chasing after girls, chase after him. Go get close to him and get the best relationship with him, and I promise you he is going to bless you with the most amazing woman or the most amazing man that you'll ever have in your life, mm-hmm. and you won't need to have sex or any of those other things to be filled. Because, let me point on that, because you're looking for something to fill a void. Yep. So when you're not searching Christ and he is not your um, mission or your focus, you're reaching for people to fill that void. And for girls, it's grabbing that bad boy. It's grabbing that guy that makes you feel all of these wonderful things. But you end up empty in the end. Empty, yep. So go search after God and he'll bring you that amazing thing. And and with that, so we, we postpone. Mason's born. You know, we've done this backwards. We should have been married first and then had sex and then had a baby. Obviously, that wasn't our life, but but this is how God still works in this, right? So my my wife has a, her father lives in Texas. He's actually a minister, but she didn't, you know, especially in the later years of her life, didn't have much of a relationship with him, um, not very close at all. And she's pregnant. We're postponing the the wedding for another year, and I literally remember. I'm pretty sure I came up from the basement from doing a workout, and you were cooking dinner, and you said zucchini. I remember it. It's a God moment. I'm telling you when it's a God moment, you you remember it distinctly. You don't, you remember details. I'm cooking zucchini. Okay, go ahead. You go. No, you finish it. You're cooking zucchini and and you turned to me and what? Well, what, what point are you going with the fact that like in that moment, I just felt that, you know, I hadn't had a relationship with my father. It wasn't a bad relationship by any means. I think it was just so, um, separated by distance and, and time. Um, and I think that I, you know, had, gone on with my life and he had his family, of course. But I think um, it came to that moment and I don't know exactly why. And and God was placing him back in my life for a moment. Um, and you'll see why. But to reach out to my father and to to um, reconcile, re- reconcile, right? Yeah, if just, you to, will, just, just a, to build a re- relationship. You just right. said, I feel like I'm supposed to go see my dad. And this, uh, that came, I think... I can't remember now. We're, was Mason already born at that point? Or were you still pregnant? I think so, because I mean, we were planning our our wedding, and okay, so and maybe that was another thing, like a whole sentimental thing of just having your dad there, you know. Um, right. So I I was a little misspoken there, just on the timeline. So Mason is born. He's born January fourth of twenty eighteen, um, and it was shortly after that that you said, "I feel like I'm supposed to build a relationship with my dad." And we literally booked tickets. We went to Texas. And uh, this was really the start of God really working on us and relationships. I mean, we're attending church. We're going. We're doing our things. You know, I had shared my story with the church. Um, you know, now we're going to Texas. You know, I meet your dad for the first time, which was, was pretty, pretty intimidating at first. But then... Now I'm going to have a great relationship with him. But long story short, I see God was like working out all of these relationships in my life and not necessarily working them out for like, like long term of like, 
oh, you're going to have this close relationship. Like, like he's very busy. I'm very busy. Um, but I think it was ultimately getting there and truly having that conversation and finding the forgiveness in my heart and him, you know, just being able to see that people are human. And when we put expectations on people, we get hurt. Right. So like God just really took me, took us on this lesson of almost visiting our past and like just all this whole year worth of just cleaning out the closet before marriage. Yeah. He was just pulling out all of this stuff of just that we needed to face and heal from. And so I could be the wife that I needed to be and you, the husband. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was the thing about it. This is really where the journey really starts to begin. You know, we were, we would have been married in 2017. We found out that we were, we were pregnant and Mason's born at the beginning of 18. Now we have, you know, the wedding is now set for, uh, 10, six of 18. Um, I'm looking at my wife really intently to make sure that that's actually our anniversary date. And what's funny is he's way better at dates and stuff like that than <laughs> I am. I'm like, what? How many years? Yeah. Well, I think I'm right. Uh, but I've set a lot of dates already today, so it might be a day off. But I'm 99%. But anyway, so I mean, this is this opportunity. Wait, you're saying our wedding day? Yeah, 10, 6, 18. 6, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're good. Yeah, yeah I got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we head out there, and uh, this is the beginning. This is God starting to work and starting to do these things to, to really, like you said, clean out the closet, mm-hmm. right? You rebuild a relationship with your dad. You know, not that it was a bad relationship, just it wasn't much of a relationship. No, so yeah. you're able to get close. You're able to have some, some stuff going there. I get to meet him. You know, I find out he's, uh, you know, a ministry has a ministry out there called the Men and Ladies of Honor. Um, if you're in the Texas area, check it out. You know, great things they're doing. They just built a new camp. So some really cool things going down there. And as we get there, like one of the very first things that we witness as we're, as we're there is we go to church with them and Melissa and your dad are preaching a message at a church. Like a marriage message. Um, so mind you, I hadn't seen him in years. We fly out. We're sitting here. So this is this was for us. This I felt like what they were talking about really resonated with my heart, especially Melissa um, talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into that. Yeah, you share it. Okay, Absolutely. so just something that really um, resonates with me as a wife um, that prepared me as to be a wife um, coming up on our marriage, right? Um, we were were due to get married. A, yeah, it was right five after, right, later, right. Yeah. Um, so I want to go into Proverbs thirty-one, and I'm going to come into ten right here. It says, "A wife of no, noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands." She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions her uh, portions for her female servants. Um, she considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. Her hand, she holds her, uh, the distaffing the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. 
When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her, her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of the idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also as he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So as they finished that message, Melissa had talked about submitting Submitting to me was a bad word. <laughs> and coming from a household where my mom is very strong and um, independent, you know, mom was mom and dad in the household and, and took care of us and got the needs done. We never had like the manly, um, uh, um, what the, pa- the picture paints of, of a godly man who comes in and runs his household. So I had never been taught that. When Melissa had said submit, submit to your husband, I went... <laughs> Like, come on, you know, because coming from a realist home of just a woman that 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 was not something that you did when she broke that down to me. And with that verse of of of, you know, I'm honoring my husband. Um, I, I I'm doing good, not harm. I'm you know, I feel like in a godly home when God is the it's like a triangle, right? Isn't that how they paint it? So there's God and then there's man and wife and then there's the children. My husband is above me. Um, in the house as far as his rank, right? It's like (laughs) the military, if you will. But that is because his role is completely different. It doesn't mean that I'm less than him by any means. My job is so precious in the house for my children, for my husband to always speak life, to be the teacher of my children, um, to lead them. And, and my husband is very much the, the punishment, um, disciplinary, um, how, how do you explain that role? Well, I'm just, I mean, I'm the pastor of the house. So I mean, in order it's, for... It's my job to leave my house to, to right. God. And in order for him to do that, I have to submit. I have to come back. And I catch myself a lot of the time interfering with that teaching, um, interfering with him being the, the man of the house. So understanding, um, long story short, of submitting is not necessarily putting myself down on a rank or that I'm not equal um, but knowing my role that is so, so valuable and so precious to my household and how that order is necessary in order for us to have a godly house that functions and runs. And when it's not, how messy it gets. Yeah, and we've, I mean, we've seen examples, and we'll get back to the story in a second, but I mean, I've seen examples like you know, not too long ago. I came in and we had a meeting in the house, right? And it's like, okay, I'm taking this house back. Because as a man, I can get so busy with this ministry. I can get so busy with the podcast. I can get so busy with the business that all of a sudden the household became secondary. And with that, now I started to lose control of it. And my wife's able to point that out and say, hey, like something's off. And we didn't see that at first. So a lot of times as you're getting into marriage and you're doing things like, 
something's not right, it's not going right, it's because it, it could very well be that the woman's running the house and the man's not doing his job. Maybe he's passive, you know, too How passive. How rewarding it is, though, for women. I'm not speaking for all women, but when the husband can just take hold of the house, you're like, oh, like, please. Like, yeah. it, it's almost like you're making my life so much easier. Well, like, when you God come in. To be. And I'm not, okay, I'm not talking you're coming in rolling with a fist, but no. I mean, truly putting that order the way that it needs to be. And that's talking, you know, you even leading a family devotional and that's getting in our word with our family and just really just taking reins and control makes the women's, my job so much easier to teach and to be loving and to be. Right. Well, and praying over the house, praying at dinner, all those different things, like being the pastor of the house, leader of the house. So same time you know, we, we get to Texas, we're at this little church. I can't even remember the name of it, but it's like near downtown Dallas awesome little church the roof is literally coming off the place in worship like we felt the, the holy spirit there yeah. it was so cool like we walked inner, in though we walked in we we're like where are we like, where are it was we just yeah it was different just it was from what we different were yeah but man this place the the roof was popping off in worship like we were they were on fire for the lord <laughs> the holy spirit was just flooding through <gasps> us we hear this message proverbs yeah. 91 speaks to her she's able to talk to melissa after mm. You know, I'm talking to her dad and he turns me on to a book called Maximized Manhood. And this this goes hand in hand with what Alexa just said about the uh, you're the man in the household. Like this book, reading this book those months before marriage allowed me to truly see myself as a man the way God intended me to be a man. The way that he wanted me to be a man for my wife, for my kids for him, you know, taught me about how putting him first in life would make everything else fall into place uh, for both of us. That's the key. You talk about the triangle. God is at the top of it. He's got to be first. We go we go up, not lateral, right? Like everything goes up. And so that was a, an opportunity to, to feed in. And then a cool part that, you know, I talked about in the Foolishness podcast that, you know, cool to get your perspective on it, but we decided at that point, this is about six months. I can remember, this was March, I think. And that was October we got married. So however long that was, we came out of that and we decided at that point that we were going to be, we, we literally prayed a prayer. Celibacy. Yeah, we prayed to have our virginity restored. And that we would be celibate, that we would not. I think people, they get confused about that. I, I mean, it's not that, that it necessarily comes back, but spiritually, right? Being cleansed, taking that, that, that vow of like, okay, God, this is what you want from me. And this is what I want to be honorable to you. Yep. And that's, and that was it. I mean, you can't necessarily restore the virginity like it's all new all over again, but it, it, you know, God can do anything, yes. right? So um, we prayed that prayer, um, and then we spent the next six months, you know, celibate, and we consummated on our wedding night the way it was supposed to be. I mean, mic drop. <laughs> well, and it's just it's a it's a godly thing, and and it was incredible. You know, it was amazing that six months, that prayer, that that time spending apart, mm-hmm. allowing God to work in us, allowing us to grow into you know, a, a Christ-like man and a Christ-like woman and starting to see those things. And, and guys, this is just the beginning, right? So we get married and, yeah, I mean, 
you want to talk about just the crazy things God does. You know, our wedding is in October in Colorado. Like, that can be some pretty crazy weather patterns. You never know what's going to happen. It was supposed to, like, rain, snow, sleet, like, that day. Yep, it and literally it was. was. Windy all morning. And our wedding was outdoor on a river walk. And uh, I think both of us had a little. Not really. Yeah. I feel like we were pretty calm about it. Yeah, but you're, you're questioning, like, okay, is it going to rain? Like, what's well, going to happen? Well, we got, like, the heat lamp type deals that come outside. Like, we were prepared. But, but I mean, yeah. Raining at your wedding in October. And it was super Colorado, windy. Yeah. Windy. And literally, I mean, 15 <laughs> wait, wait, minutes. Wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me paint the detail. Okay. We literally, it's like the clouds parted. Okay. And like the light of beams, like it was like a beam of light was like, I'm not even being dramatic. Like there's really even not. people from the wedding that were like, wow, like that was amazing. But it like opened up. The, the birds were like chirping. There's all kind of, movie. Seriously, I'm painting the picture. Like there's like butterflies. We had like a river behind us and it's flowing and the sun's warm and everybody's happy. And like it literally felt like, you know, like those little things that like fly around in the wind. Like they look like little fuzz balls, but they're like glistening. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> honestly low. That's like unless that was just my perspective. But a lot of people were like, it's like God calmed it for the that part. Right. Like he like it was like his blessing on our marriage. And I truly believe that because literally we left there and then the storm came in yeah. after our wedding. No, it, it, uh, he he blessed the moment for sure. You know, the hours that it may have been and, and opened up the skies and just let his light shine down on us. And um, my husband put a boat in the river walk with a crane. Yep. It was pretty wild. <laughs> We drove away in a boat. and I was like Princess Diana, like waving. Everybody <laughs> was like, why is there a boat in this river walk? It was pretty cool. It was a spectacular moment. But that's, you know, that's uh, really, guys, what we're saying through all of this. And, and maybe you know somebody who's going it. Like, God can work in all things. Um, there's nothing he can't do. And even though we weren't necessarily living the exact right way, he still loved us and he had his hand on us and he had a big plan for us. And, you know, fast forward now, you know, you're doing big things with the ACPC and your forgiveness set free class. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously we have fast life ministries going now. My wife is a huge part of this, does a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so it's awesome to have you in the podcast booth with me, babe. That's, well, thanks uh, for having me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want to point one little thing. Like we are not perfect. Nope. I don't ever want to sit above and, and try to tell other people. I just know that we've lived a lot. We've seen both sides, good and bad. Um, my husband has been face to face with the enemy of addiction. Um, I have my own, um, you know, past of, of trauma and, but like life is so blessed. And where we are now, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And if I can share that with others, I definitely will. Yep. So if, if um, you know, if, if people want to get a hold of you, they want to message you or DM you or whatever, how do they get a hold of you? I mean, Instagram, Facebook. If you're interested in, in the pregnancy classes, um, a caring pregnancy center, go ahead and get a hold of them here locally, Pueblo, um, and ask them, you know, forgiven and set free. Uh, is a Bible study that I do. It's a post-abortion recovery. Um, and if somebody that you know needs um, healing or has been affected by abortion or trauma of abortion, um, have them reach out. I have classes going. Um, it's a 10-week commitment. And it's getting people healed, healed from the chains and bondage of abortion. Yeah. So your Instagram, what's your... What's Alexis your, Ordorf. That's your handle? 
Uh-huh. Do I need something I, fancy? I just like saying well, handle. Maybe I need it. That's a... cool. It's like I think of like a trucker in the 80s. Roger, Roger. Just Alexis Ordorf. Alexis Ordorf, if you can DM her if any women have questions about yes. that or, or yes. what it was like on her side. You know, I've had guys reach out to me and say, hey, what was that like when you guys took that vow of celibacy? Mm-hmm. And what was it like going through that? And, and I've had several different people. So keep reaching out. Keep DM, mm-hmm. DMing me and, and messaging me either on Facebook or Mm-hmm. You know, the Fast Life Ministries account or our Faith in the Fast Life account. You know, Ben always gets that to me too. So reach out, guys. We're here to help. We want to share our story. Our story is unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it's been done before because that's what God does. But <laughs> but we're an open book. We're willing yes. to share it. We're so thankful for all of our family and our, our friends and the people that have been by us and supportive, you know, our, our pastors and, you know, mentors and all the people that have been walking with us and helping us through this. Like, it's just amazing what God mm-hmm. can do. Even when something seems messed up, yeah. it just doesn't seem quite right. Um, I think we had open hearts. We had childlike faith. Um, but first we had brokenness, and we had um, a yeah. point where we couldn't get any lower. And it's, it was an ugly part of our lives. And um, God really just took yeah. that and beauty for ashes. And I truly, he transformed us. Right. I always say that he sent an angel to save me, but the reality is, is he brought two broken people together. Mm-hmm. And started shaping us to be uh, warriors for the kingdom. Yes. And now that's that's where we're going. (laughs) Yeah, For the kingdom, guys. For his kingdom. Keep pushing forward. We thank you all the listeners who have tuned in for this uh, Valentine's Day special, if you will. I keep thinking in my head, what's love got to do with it? And everything, especially God's love. Mm. His love has everything to do with it. It's why we're here. It's why we keep going on. He is our purpose, and because of him, we are great together because we have him. Always. And uh, God first. So, listeners, again, thank you so much for listening. Tune in uh, for the next episode. I hope that you're following or subscribing. I hope that you shared this message with somebody that needs to hear it. And I pray that this message is able to hit you and, and will will further you in your faith, that you will get closer to God because you heard this message. Uh Please like, comment, share, and all of those fun things. God bless everybody. Have an amazing week. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast, please send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit FastLifeMinistries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.